All right, everybody, we are live with the Working Fans Podcast. And uh, AJ, the last time we were here, we were getting ready to go to SmackDown. What did you think of the show? I thought it was a good show. I think we enjoyed it. There were some highlights. The crowd was red hot when Jey Uso came out. It was also nice that we were seated right next to Gunther and Imperium. That was a nice touch. Overall, the show I thought was pretty good. Although I thought the um, dark main events were better than the main event on the actual show. What dark main event did you like best? You know what? I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt and LA Knight just because I think the crowd was really into it. But bo- both dark matches were actually really good. Which one yeah, did you enjoy I, more? Yeah, probably the Wyatt one as well. I think the best part about being live was the Gunther experience. In terms of overall TV product, Sami Zayn at the beginning with Paul and then Sami's interaction with Jay as these guys all continue to kind of knock it out of the park there. Yeah, when I when I watched it back, because I went back and watched it to see if we were on camera, because that's the important thing. <laughs> but after I got done looking for that, I truly enjoyed the energy in the show. And real quick, I know it's not the perfect time for it, but I just wanted to give our condolences to Randy, who's one of the regulars here on the show. Over the last month, we just found out that he lost his father about a month ago, and we didn't have that information beforehand. And we just wanted to send our best wishes out to Randy, his family. We joke around a lot on here, but we really appreciate you guys and love and prayers to your family, Randy. Absolutely. But as far as the show went, everything was good. I really enjoyed the Sammy J thing. But then we go to Monday Night Raw and Sammy. I would have rather seen that. Sammy and Cody. Cody again. I mean, you're giving them great people to work with, like with Paul last week, but now this week he's doing it with Sammy. And They did it in such a way, like, it fired me up even more for Elimination Chamber. Like, you're giving me doubt. Cody, the guy who's, like, clearly in the main event, is actually putting the doubt, like, maybe it could be Sammy winning. Cody has been magic on the mic. Sammy's doing the same thing, obviously, but Cody has been absolutely magic on the mic. He's pulling out real emotion. It's very genuine. You can see the emotion on his face. You can see the emotion on Sammy's face. Sammy did such a tremendous job of, I'm not sure I believe in me. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Right, yeah. Um, It's good. Yeah, that. That line where Cody says that God mode, you know, it's great on a T-shirt, but crack him open. He's still just a man. I'm going to finish my story at WrestleMania. You need to finish yours. And it made me wonder. I'm not. We'll get into our predictions later, but it's putting that doubt in my mind. Like, hey, this guy's gotten so red hot. Why can't we do a three? Well, they had that line by Cody, but Sammy followed it up with, let me tell you something. I have been real close to this guy. I have been in the front row, in there with him, seen it live and in action. And this God mode is not just a catchphrase. Right, yeah. So so, so it really is just driving home that emotion. There's a part of me, probably 90% of me, that wants Sammy to win. I would love a Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania main event, but there's also a logical part of me that goes, yeah, will that work? It's not, I don't think it would necessarily, I think you need to make it a three-way if you're going to do it. And three-ways aren't always the best, but at this point, I'm like, make it a fucking three-way or do something where Roman gets a shot at one of the titles or maybe Cody meets the winner the next night. Maybe it's Cody or maybe it's Roman, Jay, and Sami. I'm just saying... I'm up for other scenarios. at this. Well, that's the other thing is where does Jay fit into all this? We continue to see the interactions with him and Sami Zayn out by the trailer. Obviously, this could all be a big swerve costing him. Even even Roman saying, hey, you two stay home. Paul Heyman actually said it, but Roman told me you two stay home. 
um, the TV tells a lot of the story that we don't see here. Which I think That's is the first a, time ever in wrestling history that somebody on the show was actually watching the TV monitor and realized, hey, these guys, they're fist bumping each other and there's stuff going on here. What's this I, all about? I might be getting screwed over here. Why yeah, God. Yeah, that bullshit. <laughs> We're going to talk about this next week. You guys watch the show. Yeah. That's so why that Roman Reigns, by the way, today is the 900th day. It's actually the celebration of the 900th day Roman Reigns as the universal heavyweight champion. And so here's the thing. You've done such a great job of building this reign. By the way, we're going to talk about 1987. <laughs> Stop, but you've done such a great job. This is the best thing going on right now. You've done such a great job building this reign. And all logical thing will say, okay, they're going to make it to a thousand days, you know, or he'll drop it at Mania. I don't know if that would be a thousand the time we get to Mania. But no, it won't be. But, you know, either one of those makes sense. But I just figured, like, you know, hey, we've already built it up. There's level of that. We were convinced this man might hold the title past WrestleMania. So let's do it. Now's the time. Let's switch it up. This guy's hot organically. And you, what a moment it would be in Montreal for this guy Saturday night on Elimination Chamber to win the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Although we have seen people get screwed over in Montreal. Yes, we have. <laughs> I believe you're talking about that time we had uh, – that referee in the corner of the rock and he screwed over Hulk Hogan. No, no, Last I was talking. <laughs> no, no, no. I was talking about the time where Pierre was supposed to go over um Diesel, but <laughs> somebody talked Diesel out of it. True, that happened too. Yeah, Montreal. A lot of controversy. I just wonder to think, just because this is gonna be kind of nineteen eighty seven and a lot of WWE talk. Was there anything in AEW that really stuck out? Go ahead. AEW, I thought it was a good show. Nothing really stuck out. The girls, actually, they're making complacent to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not bought into that storyline at all, which is a shame because, as you know, I love women's wrestling. Yeah. So for me not to be bought into that storyline, I'd rather see Jamie Hayter just keep knocking people out with the freaking clothesline yeah. than uh, she's not even being a major focus in this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I'm not a... Huge fan of this NWO like storyline where we're just painting, we're spray painting people loser, and I don't know. It comes off like NWO light to me. How um, painfully obvious was the Christopher Daniels getting attacked by MJF? That knew that was coming. The only thing I would say was the highlight was probably for me was Christian Cage coming back. I'm always Christian Cage was a highlight. I still enjoy Cowboy and John Moxley actually yeah. getting into it. I think that they've managed to continue to build interest in that mm -hmm. and then they did have some good all-around wrestling on the show yeah so just it was a little overshadowed this week i think this sammy bloodline stuff and cody stuff is just and it's not like it's everything else and everything else there is fine but it's just this particular stuff the main event stuff right now is just on another level in terms of storytelling that we yeah. have oh absolutely and me and aj have watched a lot of wrestling so we're now like a good story is kind of what really gets me excited so. but to um, get us going towards 1987, I saw on Instagram this week, they had Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart were at something with Paul Heyman, and he was actually telling Paul Heyman that he wants to get more Usi. So <laughs> apparently he is acknowledging the tribal chief also. Hogan that should bring us to 1987. AJ, I got to ask you here, 1987. Um, oh, look, we got a comment actually first. Randy Osgood, we'll take it. 
do we somehow get a triple ma- trap match at WrestleMania? I know we were just talking about this, but is it a possibility? I think Randy somehow managed to actually get in after we did the tribute to his dad. So that's great timing on Randy's part. But it's absolutely the triple threat is a possibility. Triple threats at WrestleMania have worked. Chris Benoit had a pretty good triple threat match when he won the title, beating, what was it, Um, Sean? Hey, hey, hey! Get away! Get away! We are live, folks. <laughs> Producer Joe, uh, we hope you're catching this. This will be uh, some great uh, television here. Uh, <laughs> YouTube series. <laughs> the dogs are shooting. We're shooting right now. So I'm going to talk a little bit about 1987 since AJ's busy uh, shooting on them dogs here. Give me uh, one second, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, I got you. And Producer Joe was kind enough to leave me some notes here for 1987. But also we got comments here. So let's see here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Producer Joe's here. Randy, I think AJ's all right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about that dog when he get done. Though. <laughs> I see a dog wagging its tail there, though. I got to give him some treats. <laughs> That's right, man. It's live. <laughs> That's the best part about live. <laughs> live being on YouTube. You never know what's going to happen. You audio people are missing out. Check out the YouTube every week. You might get a Yeah, dog. my dogs get to get along 99% of the time, and right now they decide to get into an all-out brawl. There you go. Yeah, we got a little cameo there. So 1987, I'm going to pull AJ back in here best we can. Hopefully uh, the dogs will behave. One of the first things Joe wrote down is really what I think dominates a lot of 1987. It's the Piper Pit segment that led to Andre the Giant's heel turn on Hulk Hogan at for the match at WrestleMania. This was leading up for a while here. If you don't remember, like, this was basically Ventura talking about, you know, I'll have Andre with me. I can produce Andre. He wants a shot at Hogan. Piper, can you produce Hogan? And then Piper and Ventura going back and forth. And Piper saying, I'll get Hogan here. And then Jesse says, I got my man. Here's Andre. And if you remember this, I never forget it. It's when Bobby Heenan walks out. And Jesse's like, here's Andre. And whoa, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Because Jesse's pointing out, I didn't even know we were going to get Heenan as well, too. Yeah, It was one of the moments of our childhood, I think, that we remember probably better than anything. That whole segment and Hogan basically begging Andre not to turn, not to, hey, this isn't what you've stood for. This isn't who you are. We've been brothers. We've gotten along for all these years. You're a hero to me. And then he rips the cross off and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, people are in the comments. They want to talk about courage. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that at the end here, I promise, guys. Some people are interested. That's that's this weekend as well, Battle of the Valley. Continue on a little more. <laughs> you know, AJ's like, I don't want to talk about 1987. <laughs> but we're going <laughs> to. No, no, no. We could talk 87. We're going to have a disagreement here because I know you. You're going to lean this towards the WWF because you. that's what you lean towards. The this Crockett Cup. The Crockett Cup was the best thing all year. <laughs> WrestleMania, WrestleMania of 1987 is the biggest, one of the biggest jokes of a WrestleMania. It's not. <laughs> it's the biggest. Oh, Hogan and Andre, go back and watch it. It's one of the worst matches in the history of wrestling. From a business standpoint, this was one of the biggest WrestleMania. Oh no, no absolutely. From yeah. the business standpoint, they broke records. They did yeah. this. They did that. But for pure wrestling, it's freaking garbage. The WWE was shit that year. Other than Steamboat and Savage. There you go. Yeah, which everybody throws out, but name me another good match on the card. I know another match I liked. I'd have to go back and watch it, but Rowdy Piper and Adrian Adonis. Yeah, and it's literally the last stand of Adrian Adonis before he's dead. 
Let's talk about That's Piper a, and Adonis for a second. I'm yeah. going to go a little off the cuff here. I don't have the, uh, that might be later in the notes, but Piper and Adonis, that was the first wrestling retirement for me. Yeah, because we were convinced that Piper was actually going to retire. He had, had we didn't know any better. We didn't have well, a lot of wrestling retirement. Well, that's just then. it. We didn't have what we have now where everybody had come and gone and retired. And right. We had seen some retirements. Like I remember when Jack Briscoe retired, but he stayed retired. Here's another funny thing, too, about this. And I know you agree. When Piper became a good guy, babyface, even though you weren't necessarily a big fan of good guys, yeah. I never quite trusted Piper all the way. But other than a short stint as heel with Sean O'Hara in the 2000s in WWE, maybe WWE, Piper spent most of the rest of his career as a babyface good guy. He could be trusted, it turns out. Yeah, once he actually committed to it. Well, the funny thing is, early in his career, he couldn't. He had flip-flopped earlier in his career in places like Georgia, Portland, Mid-Atlantic. He had flip-flopped back and forth. But once he switched in the WWE... He was good to go. Which is amazing. Yeah, and I don't mean to take away from those events. It's just there was some good stuff out in wrestling other than that in 87 that gets overshadowed because of how big of an event that was. It was. And it's a bit of a shame. I'll say this. I'm I'm skipping it. April 9th, Jim Crockett Promotions purchased Bill Watts' UWF. Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes in the history of wrestling. It is. I'll tell you, as a kid, gotten to see some UWF, I thought what an exciting opportunity you know wow all these great guys are gonna go over steve dr def williams one man we're getting dream matches oh wait remember i don't know everything i'm not totally hip yet why are these guys not winning all their matches like they used to well the (laughs) funny thing is is everybody when they talk about horrible angles like this they talk about the invasion angle with wwf or wwe and wcw they forget that this is the original screw up they brought in whatever big stars whether it was dr death whether first of all they didn't even get all the big stars from uwf uh, so you didn't have the big boss man come at, back in. You didn't have Terry Gordy. You did have Dr. Death. But Dr. Death came in and, what, did they put the Western States title on him? Right. I mean, right, come right. on. Yeah. It was not. Now, here's another great 87 story. This one out of the ring. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Iron Sheik arrested for traveling together. I don't know. I don't think they're arrested, so, arrested for traveling together. But <laughs> So I think that this is one of the things that actually broke people's hearts when it came to being wrestling fans was we had always hey hacksaw jim duggan he was that all-american hero he was you know i'm coming in i'm gonna fight the bad guys for you do the right thing and all of a sudden he's busted in a truck with iron sheik and they're carrying a shitload of cocaine absolutely yeah it was wild allegedly the 80s 80s were wild this was also the first year uh, you talked about the crockett cup but this was also the first year of the first war games yeah yeah. That's so we had the first war games this year. We had the Crockett Cup. We had a Great American Bash all over the country. This wasn't in one location. This was Great American Bash on tour, baby. Yeah. This was fun stuff throughout the world of wrestling. Even world class was still in the last of their good years. AWA was pushing out their last of their good years. This was literally the best wrestling you could see. Even in USWA, down in uh, late great Jerry Jarrett's territory down there with the King, Jerry Lawler versus Austin Idol. Another hot angle. That angle with Lawler and Austin Idol? Oh, my God. Talking about the Super Summer Sizzler Tour, baby. Since we got so much good stuff to talk about as far as, like, 
what's coming up this weekend. People want to talk about battle. Yeah, there's another thing. Well, we'll talk about that real quick. Speaking about- of good, speaking of good stuff, real quick. I hate to interrupt, there but there there was a death that we need to talk about. There were two big deaths in wrestling that we need to talk about in 1987. Yeah, one was Mike Von Erich, which was just an absolute tragedy for that young man. I was going to get to you about 87. What you had written down for you. So go ahead. Well, the other big thing is is that the biggest wrestler in the history of English wrestling actually passed away that year. This was somebody who had worked with everybody from William Regal to Dave Taylor to anybody who came through wrestling. Malcolm Kirk, he died actually in a match with Big Daddy. Oh. So he actually was an English superstar who had worked with all these great wrestlers. Big Daddy was not known for his high-impact wrestling. Oh. But, but Malcolm Kirk ended up passing away during a match with him due to a heart, a heart condition. Yes, I want to say Big Daddy hit him with the big splash of this match, too. Um, he I did. He, he hit, about this as a kid. He hit him with the big splash, and at first people thought it was damage due to done to that because you're watching it on tv and people are like oh my god he killed him with a big splash but he actually had a heart underlying heart condition that's what killed him and it it was one of those first times in a wrestling ring that i can remember somebody actually dying so so what about jerry jarrett unfortunately passed away this week any memories of jerry jarrett i remember jerry jarrett i mean i know a lot of people he was brought to their attention thanks to podcast with uh what's his name there um (laughs) brother (laughs) love exactly and doing the yeah the recipe for chicken salad sandwich however i remember jerry jarrett as a kid, because I got USWA sometimes, it wasn't all the time, but sometimes they would come on instead of Florida Championship Wrestling, and he was literally on camera. He mm-hmm. was the person who would come out, confront Lawler when he was a bad guy, would come out and make decisions and go, hey, we're not going to stand by this with Lance Russell. We've got to interfere here. So I remember him as a personality first. I want to say, though, I, I always just knew Jerry as you know Jeff's dad. And then he was a legendary figure in wrestling, worked with Jerry Lawler. And because of that, I just thought, you know, respected guy, knew the business. Thanks to Bruce Pritchard, there was some <laughs> degree of doubt there. And Bruce may as wonder if this man was a buffoon. Now, I don't know him personally, but I think Bruce added that to his legacy. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is Bruce was one of the people who put out a tribute to him this week. So I, I think I, I think sometimes when you're in a room with somebody all the time and they rub you the wrong way, you can entertain yourself by mocking them and making fun of them. Right. However, you can't take away from his legacy. I mean, the guy's, uh, he was a second generation promoter. Jeff Jarrett's a third generation promoter. They were successful in Memphis for such a long time. Maybe it didn't work in the WWF style, but it definitely worked for them. And honestly, too, that's something we should have brought up, too. Uh, we talked about AEW, although it wasn't maybe a big match. What an absolute pro Jeff Jarrett is to be in there. What, not even a full 48 hours, I think, after his father passes away? I, I don't think Jeff would have had it any other way, to be honest with you. I think that's just the way he was raised and by his father. So yeah. I do have some birthdays from 1987. Now that we've talked about death, let's bring it up a little bit. Yeah. Willie Mack, who they had a tribute to this week, a decorated war veteran, was born on January 5th of 1987. Kelly Clark, I have no idea who that is. Hey, um, Kelly Clark, that is, uh, he is one of the young wrestlers for New Heights Wrestling that me and Joe do commentary on. That's Well, I'm he doing. must be really young because he was born in 1987, which would make him about 37 years, now 30-something years old. He's now, or he 20. Not, no, maybe he's in his 20s. He wasn't born in 87. <laughs> 
Yeah, for some reason it says Kelly Clark, uh, uh, born in 1987. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got to be, that'd make him 30, yeah, that'd make him around 37 years old. He's not that old, though. I don't know what's what to move yeah, on. Yeah, that's a, whoever, <laughs> whoever wrote up this list. Um, <laughs> Becky Lynch was born in 1987 on January 30th. Ronda Rousey, I didn't think she was that old either, 37 years old. Wow. That's uh, born February 1st. AJ Lee was born on March 19th. Trent Beretta, who does look 37, was born on March 30th. Drew Gulak. And now here's a fun one for you. Lindsay Dorado. Of course, I got to meet Lindsay Dorado because I had to drive back to an airport to pick up his bags for him because they had lost his bags. And he was going to have to wrestle without his mask if I didn't actually go back and pick up his mask for him. True story. Norwich, Connecticut. Steve Cutler, who just got married to Deanna Parazza. Joshua Alexander. Evil Uno if that is his real name. And here's some fun ones for you. Zach Sabre Jr., Allison K., <laughs> Naomi, and there's no date here, but it does say former guest of the show, Craven Knight, also yeah. born in 1987. Also, some light on the Kelly Clark thing is in the comments right now, if AJ looks up. That is what happened with uh, Kelly Clark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well don't we all feel older now that kelly kelly's 37 <laughs> all right all right fans we had some comments i know joe and randy were both in there uh i'll answer this first randy then we're gonna go we're gonna take it back to battle of the valley a little bit do i think cm punk comes back to aew soon soon uh, i don't know that injury's got to be healing up soon is it a possibility i'd say anything's pop- open but i don't know if it's likely when you now say- what you're talking about, Dave, do you think this whole thing was actually an angle because of the injury? I mean, I think they legit had something happen because uh, Cody Rhodes actually even told a story on uh, Ariel Hawani this week when he was doing a press tour. Uh, one of his guys who works at the Nightmare Factory, he was teasing about because he said, we taught you how lockups and we taught you how to do hip tosses. We never taught you how to break up fights because he was actually in the backstage, and he said whatever happened back there, Cody wouldn't go into, but he said he actually had to help break that up. Now, I, I think it legit. Do I think they're going to turn this into an angle? It's pro wrestling, baby. Like, <laughs> I think that's the idea. Now, they might not be able to because people, this isn't the old days where everybody just like, oh, okay, we'll do it for the money. Some people are like, well, I don't want to be here anymore. But yeah, and that is um, something CM Punk has been done in the past where if he just doesn't want to be there anymore, he's just not there. Right. And I mean, I can see Omega and the Bucks be like, I don't want to work with this guy. You know? Yeah, but, absolutely. But is there money to be made? Is it going to be an awesome storyline for fans if we get it back? Uh... I, I mean, the shit thing at the end is Ace Steel's still out of a job if it turns, if it's turned into an angle. That's another thing. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. I'll say this, too. Would it be something? Everybody's talking about the bloodline. Everybody's talking about Sami Zayn. Wouldn't this be something to get some buzz back for AEW too? I think so. I, they need something, right? I would agree. All right, let's talk a little bit about this uh, Battle of the Valley. I'm just going to talk about a couple matches. Uh, we will get to that women's match because that is the one a lot of people are talking about. But there's something I don't know if AJ knows about this. This came out yesterday. Uh, Wrestling Observer Live had Jay White on there. Now, Jay White recently lost a Loser Leaves Japan match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he's wrestling Eddie Kingston over here for New Japan Strong in the States. Well, they got into it on Wrestling Observer Live. And Eddie Kingston said, why don't we just sweeten the deal? Why don't if I beat you this time, you just leave New Japan Pro Wrestling altogether? And Jay Wright responded, well, why don't if I beat you, 
you leave New Japan Pro Wrestling, period, too. And you can only come back if you ask me nicely. So <laughs> I think, like, what a way to add stakes to what might be Jay White. I think it's probably the rumors are Jay White's leaving New Japan. This might be his final match. What a way to add stakes. Uh, it's definitely a way to add stakes to it. It's a fun one. Um, this whole card is fun. All the matches on this card have... I see you pulled it up. Yeah, I didn't want to go over all this, but yeah, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, that match right there, I think is interesting. I, I'm assuming... I think it's going to be Jay White's last match for New Japan. I'm thinking Eddie's going to win. Well, anytime you have Kari Sane and Mercedes Monet going head-to-head... Well, that's the um, match we got asked in the comments. That's the one I was going to bring up anyway. So that's I know that's why, that's that's why I was transitioning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you what do you think? I I think it's a hot match. I think that it's the first match that um, Mercedes is going to have since leaving the WWE in a legitimate one. And Kyrie Sane is always absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. I I think that she's going to get the belt put on her. Yeah, I think so too. Like why why would she go to New Japan? You know she could have gone to AW. She could have stayed in WWE. I think she wants to make a difference over here. And well, and the thing is, getting the belt put on you in New Japan doesn't close doors to other places. It makes it so that you can appear in other places, be able to wrestle in other spots, because um, people have good relationships with them, and it, 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 it's a it's a win win situation for Mercedes. But I see on a pre show here, we actually have. David Finley versus Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun match. That was actually one of the first ones that caught my eye. But literally the whole card, the main yeah. event is Okada versus Tanahashi again. Tanahashi. We got Tom Lawler versus Homicide in there. Connors versus Sabre Jr. Yeah. Yeah, it's just stacked. But no matter what other matches you have on there, you know what everybody's looking forward to. It is Kyrie versus Mercedes, and to see if uh, Mercedes is kept herself to where she needs to be at. Absolutely. All right, let's get it. We're at the half-hour point. Let's get to this elimination chamber. Uh, pick them. There's only five matches on the card, so we will go through them all. First well, the elimination off, chamber matches are very um, long matches. Yeah, no. I actually like this style. I actually like, give me five matches with some time and stuff like that. That's why I like the rumble. Yeah, tell a story, baby. Tell a story. All right, U.S. title, Elimination Chamber, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Montez Ford. How does this go? Montez Ford. Really? I'm picking Montez Ford. I'm not totally against that idea because I think you got Austin Theory Getting ready to wrestle Cena. You don't need the U.S. title. Rollins is getting ready to wrestle Logan Paul. You don't need the U.S. title. I I don't think they're going to put it on Priest, Gargano, or Reed. I mean, you could do that. Not Probably not Gargano, but I think, yeah, I think there's a possibility Montez Ford wins. I think that this is the coming out party for Montez Ford. I think that he's going to win this. It's also the beginning of the end for the Street Profits. Um, it, I don't think that it's going to necessarily escalate quickly to the end for the Street Profits. Yeah. But I think that it's coming. I do not think this show will go as late as the Royal Rumble. Um, but continuing on, Asuka versus Liv Morgan versus Nikki Cross versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia versus Carmella. Man, um, I got to go Asuka. Now, now, wait a minute. What does the winner of this get? WrestleMania shot at Bianca Belair, which, by the way, 
I'm not convinced that Becky Lynch isn't going to be a part of this or Bailey or somehow. I, I actually am agreeing with you right now. I think they're building up Asuka. I think Asuka goes over in this one. I love the, First of all, I love the new image. Yeah. That's, uh, I, even though the new image is a lot like her old image before WWE. But uh, I do love the new image. The only other one who has a good shot here would be Liv Morgan. I don't think anyone else, Nikki Cross, Raquel, Natalia, or Kamala has been built. No. Ra- Ra- Raquel could be a dark horse just because power versus power, her and she- Bianca. But I, I wouldn't put any kind of favorite. I think they should have done a better job building her, though, and I don't think they have in that position. Right no, now. they haven't. That's yeah. uh, I do like the way they've built her and Liv as a team, yeah. but that doesn't do anything for your Liv is the next person after Asuka, to be honest with you. By the way, I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, and the matches are correct, Joe, but they haven't listed it in a certain way. It makes me laugh because the third match on the card would be the world title match, which I don't think will be <laughs> the third match on the show. So I'm going to save that for last. <laughs> And we'll go on to Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. I guess what I'm asking you here is, do we have a winner, or is this match going to be built towards Mania? Is this a non-finish? This is a tough one. Yeah. Because I could see it going through to Mania. There has been speculation of a Walter um, Walter versus Brock at WrestleMania, yeah. but I haven't seen any signs towards building that. No, I haven't either. That's, uh, I think that they're going to stretch it. I think that... This time, because as Lashley pointed out, he's gotten the better of him two out of three times. I think this time we get Lash, um, Lesnar getting the better of Lashley. And I think that they go to um, WrestleMania and it, it, they settle it there. All right. I agree. All right. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Judgment Day, Rhea Ripley and uh, Finn Balor. Um, My gut tells me Edge and, um, yeah. and Beth. However, Rhea Ripley's main eventing one right. of the nights at WrestleMania versus Charlotte Flair. So yeah. I think she's going to go over strong. I actually am p- picking the opposite of what my gut is telling me. Uh, yeah, I, my gut, because of the hometown, you want to do that right. And I could see Edge pinning Finn, but I think what's going to happen is Ripley's going to pin Phoenix. I, I would like to point out that um, the people of Montreal actually can't stand the people of Toronto. I'm also going to uh, – I didn't actually pick one <laughs> – I'm gonna. I didn't actually pick one um, in the first match. I will go with uh, Austin Theory keeping his title, even though I oh. don't like Montez Thor or Theory. All right, main event: Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, a Sami do something. I thought this, I thought this was going to be the third match of the card. <laughs> That's the main event, I think. <laughs> um, does Sami do something to force this, where it's a triple threat at Mania? Does Sami win? Does some here? I'll give you three options: Sami, Roman. Or are we left with something that's such a cliffhanger that, oh, man, Sammy might be in the main event at WrestleMania? Jay Uso costs Sami Zayn, and then it does end up as a three-way with Sami Zayn in there with Cody Rhodes and um, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. What about a four-way? Uh, oh, if you want to throw Jay in there, I guess you yeah. could. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't think so, though. I think it's going to be three. Okay. I mean, the rumor was that, I mean, some people thought, too, that, Jay Costum, it might lead to uh, Sammy and Kevin going after the Usos for the tag belts, too. And that absolutely could happen, too. But I do think Roman Reigns holds on to the belt. The other stuff is just conjecture. Um, But I think Roman Reigns uh, goes over. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Well, it's also not. Is it a no DQ match? I don't see if there's anything here on America's most trusted news source here. Because Roman Reigns could get disqualified when Jay Uso interferes. 
Just says undisputed U.S. champ, uh, undisputed uh, Universal Champion. Yeah, then I got to see. I got to see Roman going over, but he could get disqualified, which would, and then Usos versus Sammy and Kevin. Do we see Cody Rhodes on this show? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, you could in like an interview segment, or he could be watching, but uh, I don't. Unless, unless Cody off it. Unless Sammy needs to be saved, and at that point, you could see Kevin Owens and uh, Cody Rhodes. Right. Because it would get Cody Rhodes over. To save Sami Zayn. Yeah, or you're almost better off not even putting Cody on because I'll just play devil's advocate. That Montreal fan base might still boo Cody because they just want Sami so bad. I'm also a firm believer that sometimes with stuff like this, keeping people away from each other can build more momentum. Having Paul Heyman do the talking that he's doing, having people having that style and keeping their hands off of each other can build more anticipation. Well, Regardless, I mean, this is the first time. This is the most excited I've been for a secondary WWE uh, pay-per-view in as long as I can remember. Uh, this should be really good. It should be can't miss. But you know what else is in can't miss? Vinny Barry and the Pro Wrestling Vault. Don't miss it. Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com. The, the Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories, including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Kerry Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 